is there any reel now that doesn't use kala chashma i mean that song is really having a revival of sorts it's hit it big time all thanks to what seems like a real random group of norwegians <laughs> dancing away at one of their own weddings i mean who would have thought but apparently it does take 10 years to become an overnight success <laughs> so while i was yeah. really impressed by the quick style i did my usual wiki look up they've been at it for so many years yeah and i'm sure even they wouldn't have guessed that finally the thing that went viral would be one of their own wedding performances right so <laughs> a lot of these things are so unpredictable in that sense but good for them good for them they kept it it for that long you know a decade is not a short amount of time correct correct and uh, you know when you look at it you feel like oh these guys got lucky uh, they look so happy dancing they get to do something they love and be famous for it um, i'm sure you know waking up every morning at 5 going to a dance academy putting in the hours of practice i'm sure it didn't feel like that on every single day definitely not are we happy podcasters all the time i don't think so i hope so but i don't think so so yeah i i mean i we hear all these success stories and you're right right like it's so easy to think that it happened in that one moment or it was just that one video which went viral but then uh it took a decade and in some cases it takes more you know uh even some of the most uh, revered stand up comics of our time they've been at it for such a long time so being a creator being successful at something anything at all apparently <laughs> has that secret ingredient which is time if only i could uh, convince all my clients that that would true as well how beautiful would that be <laughs> oh i i hear a uh, digital marketing story coming up any time now <laughs> many many <laughs> welcome to season 2 of the damn good marketing podcast just saying that felt so good and i think both of us woke up today <laughs> feeling like we were out on a picnic uh for the first episode uh, we are launching with a very interesting title which you may have already seen which is why do my digital marketing efforts keep failing and uh, you may have got in the hint already that there is an element of time involved uh, but what else right what else is the reason why it sometimes tends to fall flat and how do you prevent it like when do you do the symptomatic check uh and when do you you know stop investing money perhaps in things that aren't working so i think that's going to be the focus of this episode uh let's get started yeah yeah let's i think uh, i mean you know you know me i i have struggled with uh, digital marketing for uh, my firm raincraft uh, for many reasons right and now when i look back uh, a lot of it was on me uh, a lot of it was uh, whether i had the clarity whether i understood what digital marketing can offer it was my expectation set right you know it's like yeah. oh i've put up 10 blogs and now where is everybody yeah 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 and somehow you say uh, it hasn't worked but in my mind i see it a little differently uh, and that's again coming down to the fact that the goals were so abstract right uh, which i think both of us we were experimenting with for a very long time in terms of what is the end goal that would look like digital marketing success right so in my mind when i see that you've been on certain panels or you've been yeah. uh, doing the kind of work that you wanted to do this year specifically 
uh, it's come because of a certain amount of effort again the 10 years that you put in before uh, which to me is kind of success but then you you are seeing the potential of what's doable and what's possible and maybe that's where you're finding a gap right so i think one of the that's the thing right sometimes we set out with objectives which are a little more abstract because it's not easy to quantify and maybe that is one of the greatest reasons why sometimes these things feel like a failure correct correct so if if i were to you're right you know i'm in a much better place now but if i were to do it all over right yeah. um, what is what is like step 1 what should i be thinking about even before i say hey can i hand this over to an agency or to a freelancer mm. i think the question you asked also requires a certain amount of um, business level thinking right it's not just functionally is it marketing right. is it sales is it something else um, there is that aspect of what am i really wanting to do uh, and how do i sum up that concept as well as possible right so that's oh. the two components where you obviously come in and an external person whether it's in the role of a communications uh, professional or a marketing professional comes in but the first thing that has to be clear for sure is what exactly am i selling uh, and that is usually a very very interesting conversation to have for us even in workshops because nine out of 10 business leaders will answer that question with a very internal focus mm-hmm. right uh, so usually i think the summary of that conversation is something on the lines of we built this because it solves this uh, problem or we have seen this problem and we think it needs to be solved whereas i think the real question is how many people want that problem to be solved as well right so that's the little gap uh that often comes up between marketing and non marketing roles so to answer your question the first step would be to just sit down and say hey what is this problem that i'm trying to solve and how many people do i think have it right net net and then can afford to pay for you know solving it as well so i think those are the two three pillars around which uh i would base my um you know conversation and in your case of also you had many verticals for a while right so the real question then does come down to which of them do i want to focus on and uh, build out yeah so i hear you i think it's um, uh, not just looking internally to say what do i have to offer what do i want to offer but um, what does my potential audience want or need uh, and yeah. hence i think yeah that's a good starting point because once i can see that customer once i can see the audience then i can better cater to them in terms of my marketing efforts the next thing you know i and i think you um may may i don't know if this will touch touch a raw nerve here but okay. <laughs> i am bracing for it I'm bracing for it <laughs> because um, i think for every digital marketer the it feels like the first response is that it'll take at least 6 months right mm-hmm. and uh, i think more so today after uh, you know 2 3 years of uh, a very difficult environment 6 months feels really long it feels like yeah. you know the world could change and my business model could change and uh, what if i after 6 months uh, what are you going to come back and tell me it's not even like yeah. uh, after 6 months i'm going to tell you how beautiful it is but it's like after 6 yeah. months i'm going to tell you if we are beautiful like if all. it even works <laughs> yeah yeah no i think you're right uh, it it probably used to touch a nerve uh, 
a few years ago. Uh, but I completely empathize with that now because budgets are finite. Right. As much as we want to have an endless runway, it's not true of anybody, including us, right? Today we run an agency as well. Um I think it comes down to what is happening in that three month or that six month period, right? Uh, it's not that it's a black box into which a lot of input is going and finally you open it six months later and find that whatever is inside is rotten, composted beyond recognition, right? So there are a lot of dynamic processes, experiments that are running during this period of time. And that's especially true. Uh, we do a lot of work with companies that are starting you know, at the very beginning of their journey, so to speak, right? Uh, so we really, nobody knows. There is no answer. There's no cohesive answer to what will work, right? There are many potential hypotheses around what might work. Uh, and that's what you want to be doing as well, in the sense that if I have three options and I try out three options, then I maximize my chances of at least two of them succeeding. So sometimes the failure of the one thing is where I think a lot of our perception and judgment also stalls, right? Because we are worried about failures. We worry about things that don't work. Uh, wherein there are things that are taking time, but they're doing the job that they're supposed to. So I, I would say, I mean, do ask for, you know, weekly conversations, monthly reports, um, every client and for that matter, every business is well within their rights to demand that of, Every function, right? So why should uh, a marketing function or an agency that's doing that role uh, be different? Um, mm-hmm. And which is where also sometimes the initiative uh, has to come from both sides, right? So if you're not getting what you want, then by all means, ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and take expertise for what it's worth would be the other thing, right? So if somebody is telling you that X is a bad idea uh, mm-hmm. and they're able to justify it with certain case studies and certain examples, uh, then ask questions and find out why that may be the case, right? Mm. And don't jump into it because somebody told you that it's a good idea. I think that, yeah, clearly it's touched enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we do hear a lot of conversations around tactics, to be honest, you know. Uh, maybe we should do SEO. Maybe we should do um, influencer marketing. Mm. Uh, maybe we should do social media. Now, these are not things that you do, right? These are mm. these are very large Uh, strategies which you essentially center your entire business around right like my social media success is largely dependent on how much I in my capacity as a leader can get involved as well so again it's a conversation of what are the priorities really right so are you doing SEO because somebody told you that that's what you should be doing or is it the industry standard for you in which case by all means you know go in that direction yeah so I think uh, what you said uh, uh, initially that's the key that uh, it's not like um, you start and then nothing happens and then six months later you take stock. Uh, it's about yeah. working closely with the team to set your milestones, you know, take a dipstick check, uh, make tweaks yeah. to what you're doing, add, subtract, etc. So that six months is truly a journey where you have tried different things the idea is not to experiment and try too many things so that you don't know what actually made it work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. try a few few things and have reasonable expectation that there is forward movement. Movement that you can sustain, right? Because in yeah. that in those six months, if an agency gives me like three viral videos or something, great. But what next? Like yeah, right now yeah, dependent yeah. on you know them having a brainwave and creating a viral video. 
Yeah, yeah. And also, how are you converting that virality, right? You have all this attention, which you, I mean, grab great in today's times. Attention is a huge currency. But then it has to translate down to something else, right? So either you're downloading an app or you're testing out a new product or whatever it is, it has to kind of move on to the next uh, logical step. Uh, And a lot of things add up, right? It's not going to be one thing that suddenly, uh, you know, puts you on the world map and makes you the most world famous company. It's a lot of little, little things that add up. And the faith that you're placing in some ways is that, the other person knows how to engineer that, right? And that is where I think it becomes a conversation, really, because how do I trust somebody to know what will work? And this is unfortunately that one domain where such guarantees don't exist. It's just, you know, calculated risks uh, that you take over a period of time and they will pay off. It's not that they don't pay off at all. Yeah. And honestly, uh, you know, how many of us are actually ready for a 10x growth overnight or a 20x mm-hmm. growth overnight right if if yeah. if we were to actually convert at that um you know at that number that we think the agency should deliver for us <laughs> i don't think yeah. most of us are capacitized to handle that inflow you know i used to find it interesting that uh, those who go on shark tank for many you know it's a bit of a pr bid right you may not get a deal yeah but People have seen, enough people have seen you and then your sales will spike, etc. And those who even really good ones who get a deal, usually the update will say that, you know, that night their server crashed or they didn't have enough to fulfill <laughs> yeah, the yeah. order. Because you, yeah. you can't really handle it in reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had that conversation last season where we said how much growth is too much growth, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is definitely something to be considered as well. Uh, but specific to digital marketing, I think it's just a question of um, faith sometimes, right? Because it's still a very new domain, despite it being around for all these years. Uh, the moat of successful digital marketing has been built by companies with huge budgets. There's absolutely no question about that. And a lot of others have to now compete with these giants using tactics which don't cost that much, right? So that is where I think the gap arises and everybody wants to contribute because you are burning cash. You are burning money on a daily basis, uh, whether it's with ads, whether it's with agencies, expertise, even internal hires who you pay month on month. uh, It can be scary. And I do empathize with that, especially now that we are, you know, heading into a recession and uh, probably an investment winter. How do you preserve all that cash flow is going to be a big question. Uh, no, no, it's definitely a burn. Uh, and I think, you know, the the e-commerce um, B2C wellness brand that we've worked with, we've seen that uh, there's also the danger of, you know, digital marketing working to the extent that if you put an ad, you get your sales go up. Yeah, yeah. Right? But then if you don't put an ad, then there are no sales. Right? Yeah, so you're yeah, constantly yeah. kind of feeding that ad engine, which is yeah. okay if you're making a 2x, 3x, but you hmm. typically don't. It takes time for that to happen. So yeah. there's there's a lot of burn. And then now you've started this engine that you can't stop. In fact, that you know? bet is usually and should be hedged by much bigger uh, stakeholders, right? Like I remember listening to this podcast episode you shared, in fact. Uh, where Mark Cuban talks about uh, not investing in Uber at that time Mm -hmm. because he didn't believe in the whole growth plan of spending hundreds of millions to earn tens of millions. 
right so and i think that's true of a lot of businesses uh, so even if for someone to invest in something like that the larger question then becomes do i have the mileage to keep going until this thing breaks even right and many of us don't and i find that that's quite true of t2c brands especially which have not turned a revenue in the early days right so in a way that proof of concept has not existed and then you're right right because results today can be measured in so many different ways if i place an ad then obviously it performs and it drives my sales up but net net if it's causing me to be in the red because it's a highly competitive landscape as well then is my digital marketing effort really resulting in results so to speak and i've seen that for for example for that brand it really even changed um, their usp to an extent like it went from taking the brand from being let's say a premium player or a first player who's uh, a good aggregator of something etc to just a price game because mm-hmm. the ads became we have a sale we have 50% off we yeah, have so yeah. you know in that kind of bit of urgency to attract the audience um, they lost what was a good usp to start with and it yeah, just yeah, uh, yeah. became something else but um, i've seen another d2c toy brand that have just they have invested heavily and continue to in digital marketing but ramping it up slowly you know doing it on amazon doing it uh, on google um, yeah. making sure that at every stage um, it was at least a break even and then slowly you know 1.25 yeah. 2x then 3 then 4 and when it started becoming 4x 5x then they kind of really upped how much money they were putting into it yeah yeah and that's why i think i i also remember the story you mentioned about this brand in particular where they had to let go of an agency who was kind of not getting the nuance of what the brand was all about right mm-hmm. and brand marketing honestly is is a huge moat that you can build i think that's what we are taking away from these two examples uh but it's also something you have to do with a lot of care it's almost like pottery or baking right like one ingredient and it could really go off uh, in so many ways so it's great when leadership has that vision around the simplicity of what their brand stands for mm-hmm. so if you can really clearly articulate that then i think half the job is really done and all marketing efforts will succeed thereafter because your metrics are also based on that right uh, just to take a b2b example we worked with this client uh, in b2b tech it was a product um, in fact it reminds me of two examples but let's start with one uh, wherein they were so clear on what the product was about uh, and that articulation i found in every call that happened you know so every time they had to brief us uh, that one line statement of what that product's benefit was was always constant right it didn't change it didn't switch it didn't become other things uh, which is why it worked for them as well because we were able to then translate that into the website into the landing pages into social media so that whoever saw that message and resonated with it was already a ready product they were not confused by four different messages on four different things uh, the other example was wildly on the other side again a b2b product uh, but it was so difficult to articulate what the product was because there was no ready product right yeah. none of us had experienced it for what it was we didn't have access to any kind of dashboards or know how on where it was headed so in that sense it was a very early stage we are experimenting with this kind of situation in which case it becomes really difficult to talk in terms of the brand because what is the solution right what is the base on which you're kind of layering this whole thing that we know as brand 
Correct, correct. No, I think, uh, you know, yeah, Mark. And that brings me to the next thought about from the organization perspective, you know, does one person own it or does it become part of anything and everything that you do? Keeping in mind that you have a digital footprint, keeping in mind how does this tie in with that? I think mm-hmm. while you know, one person may own it, I think the onus is on maybe that person and the agency to to let others know how it's a part of everyone's job now. Yeah. No, I think it is important to have one point of contact for sure, whether it is to coordinate with agencies, with external consultants. I'm sure brands will be working with a lot of freelancers for various different asks as well. Uh, and probably that point of contact, one North Star should be revenue, right? Uh, because they have that one thing which an external agency doesn't have, which is access again to sales, access to success, access to support, and so many of these other functions, which invariably end up tying back into things like churn, attrition, uh, you know, how long is the average customer even staying, right? So all of these things do add up in that sense. Uh, so what I'd say is that then one POC can continue to focus on revenue as their metric uh, and pipeline value as well to some extent. Uh, and then everybody else in the organization also has a role to play because I as an employee, if I go and grumble about my company on on online today, which is very doable, right? It's not at all hard. Uh, it is going to impact how customers end up, you know, perceiving. So I may have the biggest influencer on the planet uh, endorsing for me, but if my reviews are bad, <laughs> then it's going to affect how, you know, customers, potential customers tomorrow perceive what I'm doing. So in that sense, there is also that cultural shift that needs to happen. It's not that you're hiring an agency to uh, you know, do whatever, like four posts and eight social media accounts and manage them and moderate them. At the end of the day, I cannot paint a door which is kind of rusty on the inside. So I think that internal change of saying, okay, I own also this function or this uh, collateral has to also happen. We've seen that, in fact, uh, with one of the clients we both of us worked with in terms of a coaching plus marketing kind of engagement. Uh, they believe, right? Today, they see the value of being online uh, in their own individual capacity. So everything else you do only contributes to that image at that point. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. I think it's a good start to our season two conversation. (laughs) Heavy, heavy questions are being asked. (laughs) Because, I mean, as a topic, it's really huge. But uh, it's a... It's a good reminder that one, there's no such thing as overnight success. And yeah. it is, while it's a long game, you won't, it's not like you won't have any immediate wins. It's not like nothing is going to happen for six months or whatever is that first time frame. It's, you know, just be patient, have clarity, have a few goals, few milestones you want to hit and uh, really get involved. I think that that's important too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It takes two to uh, make any kind of noise. And I think two to tango is the thing that I was looking for. It didn't come to me immediately. So tango away and uh, do it on budgets that can last you for a while. So what I'd say is get clear on what your 12-month budget for a marketing exercise would be and then go about, you know, having conversations on agencies, expertise, what can be done in-house, what can be outsourced. All of that is secondary. At this point, I think uh, where we are also economically, it's important to consider 
every expense uh, as an expense until it pays off yeah no i think like anything right if you start uh, grudging it every month then um, it'll oh run. it's yeah it's you know for sure, for sure your quality of interactions and the output and everything yeah, so yeah yeah it should make sense to you now it's time for the much awaited topic al so it's the month of ye <laughs> or ne ओके बिफोर वी कंफ्यूज पीपल फॉर दैट आई शुड क्लैरिफाई वेस्ट नाउ नोन एज ये इज नॉट अर्निंग अलॉट ऑफ फैंस एज ऑफ दीज कपल ऑफ फास्ट वीक्स वॉट्स अप सर राइट लाइक वॉट हैपन्स टू ऑल द ब्रांड्स हु like so vehemently used him as an influencer or he ended up influencing without them even asking so what happens to all of those brands i wonder sometimes yeah no, but that's a, that's a tricky space no as a brand you um, invest a lot of time energy and definitely a lot of money into certain individuals and uh, i think it's something that needs a constant relook like you know are we still aligned is the person yeah. and the brand still aligned are they doing you good or something genuinely over a period of time they may not be beneficial to your brand anymore uh, mm-hmm. multiple kind of you know brands that i've worked with in the sustainability eco friendly space we had to think so hard about even approaching someone to do a post or to do yeah. just one story or something because we weren't sure what they otherwise kind of did in their life right yeah so, uh, yeah they support us and then you know let's say two days later they're kind of seen even even drinking with a plastic straw was a no no from our brand mm-hmm. perspective right mm-hmm. and uh, that could do us harm so it's uh, that that uh, kind of coming together is really important which is where a lot of the in a way not so big not so well known uh, but with a really strong fan following of their own type influencers i think they're beating beating the game and and doing well for the brands they associate yeah 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 i just wonder how long it will take for us to realize that right so i think we still uh, do like celebrity endorsements for what they are um uh, and they do add a lot of value especially if you're trying to give that brand a jet fuel kind of push right sometimes you do need somebody with a huge brand presence to come in and kind of push mm-hmm. in competitive markets especially uh but first of all not all of us have the budget for a bollywood celebrity or uh, and we, a lot of us don't have a budget for a bollywood celebrity and everything that it entails so a lot of these creators then are defaulting to the next logical and i think in many ways the good thing to do which is to focus on good content right something because why are we doing all this why are we using an influence in the first place because we believe that their values resonate with a certain audience so if you can do that with content and if you can do that with people who are known for producing that content then why not right i remember posting about this on linkedin uh, also there's a very <laughs> attractive song around the indian wedding ecosystem uh, we should add a link to it in the show notes because people will be dancing to it uh, and it's a very funny take on how you know people spend a lot of money on the shamianas and the you know attire and the glitz and glamour but then it turns out gulab jamun nahi tha right so all the guests are quite disappointed so i can totally see that as such a beautiful segue into the whole wedding season campaigns that you know uh, manyavar yeah. does for example 
because we've done the whole yeah turn up in traditional clothing for example we've seen ranveer you know be his usual self we've seen virat be his usual self i think now it's time for something fun right like sell me on the idea of you know investing in all these uh, fancy clothes right um, yeah. and even just uh, as you were speaking i was thinking like big brands uh, do tend to spend big but some of the memorable stuff was probably very unintentionally for example just the vodafone pug right i'm mm-hmm. sure the poor pug didn't get a penny uh, the <laughs> little girl who you know what yeah. they spent on was rehman and the tune right but what really worked was the airtel girl and how irritating she was <laughs> yeah yeah i know like she was i know poor thing and and yeah. then they very nicely did an ad on how she called herself irritating and yeah 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 nice series where you really worked with that that character that you had created yeah uh, and that wouldn't have worked if the girl was an alia bhatt or a deepika right you mm-hmm. couldn't kind of put her have in the same situations and camping with friends and doing whatever and you know you yeah. couldn't do all of that so there's a lot of value in uh, the traditional kind of storytelling yeah. with these influencers um true you're right and somewhere i i am as a consumer also finding that dissonance say for example when deepika campaigns for a leva is now something about it feels a little unapproachable right in my mind levis is just a casual jeans kind of brand which i should be able to access whenever i wanted but somehow deepika's brand value has exceeded you know everybody's and even probably her wildest expectations to the point where i just don't see it as an approachable brand anymore somehow in my mind uh, likewise with uh, you know uh, this uh, footwear brand called fizzy goblet and their entire marketing strategy revolves around the number of celebrities who wear their shoes uh which is just something they do right like i wear nike's they wear fizzy so it's like that uh but it really works for them because they are a premium footwear brand and therefore in the aspirational category like recently they brought in karina kapoor uh, khan and a couple of other very famous fashion influencers from instagram so when it finally came down to doing a campaign there was only one celebrity so to speak everybody else was either a lifestyle influencer or a fashion influencer or the girl from buzzfeed so i think people are perceiving the world around them in so many different ways it's no longer the domain of the big like for example um, karina does a lot of um, sponsored posts on insta and she for me each one of them doesn't uh, kind of hit the right note because i see it for what it is that it's a paid sponsorship yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Um, x paid her more than y and hence she's doing x yeah yeah, yeah. there's absolutely no other connection that i feel towards between her and that brand and or the fact that oh she's really genuinely excited about this etc mm-hmm. that's just the impression she's created because she was like oh i won't be on social then she came on social and then she said i'll do my own thing and now suddenly mm-hmm. there's money and and like, so oh, every other post is kind of an endorsement yeah, like, uh, and you this. don't know what to believe yeah yeah so for, for i'd rather watch you know a brand promo done elegantly elegantly in his own way but by <laughs> or yeah. ayoshraddha where you know you feel connected to the brand offering yeah 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 and that's where your whole positioning it's a whole other conversation right and i think really it begets the question because so many of these influencers first of all they come at a huge price point 
uh, and secondly equity is involved as well which again is a yeah. bit of a risk right so how do you make those choices and what happens tomorrow if despite all this you know that person goes and does something lives a life which may not be perceived uh, as a good thing uh, in the minds of consumers yeah. then it's a problem for you know in kind of uh, it's a it's a good news story for uh, businesses i feel because today you're not seen as oh you couldn't afford a karina because Absolutely. if you manage yeah. to find an influencer who works for you who really yeah. ties in with your brand then lucky stick with it go with it and you know don't uh, go bankrupt over trying to just get a karina that's so true that's so true in fact there are examples of people who have done exactly that and they've produced great content and been successful you know mm-hmm. with a much smaller budget so that is the true success of digital marketing right like if you had to spend the same amount of money here as well then what is the point uh, i don't see the value of it but if you can get creative and if you can you know really have fun again i know we've said this before but let's that creativity shine through i think in so many different ways uh, there are many many success stories uh, and proofs of concept and we could be the next ones who knows right Oh, there's so much joy in your face when we can see. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, I can't diss my own bread and butter. So. <laughs> It got me so excited that uh, digital marketing was, you know, being spoken of well. <laughs> For once. For once. <laughs> So yeah here's to more speaking of well <laughs> and i think solving very tactical issues you know we have email marketing we have social media we have content we have brand uh, which i think begets a much much wider conversation than it's probably getting today uh, and where do we learn right how do we grow and what is the what goes on inside an agency i think so many exciting things to unpack this season uh, i'm definitely excited <laughs> totally and uh, folks do let us know what you want to hear about what you want us to chat about and we are happy to dig in and do our you know homework and come back to you with some interesting so much so much <laughs> we've actually blocked calendars for homework guys so it's time to send us some questions so that we have something to do you know we are not just watching tv instead of doing what we are supposed to do so see you here soon and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 1 of season 2 i like saying this so much of the damn good marketing podcast <laughs> bye